Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, I had a conversation with Diego Leon, a content creator and menswear fashion and lifestyle blogger based in the Bronx. We talked about relevancy as a content creator, and we covered transitioning content during the quarantine, why it is important to pivot, what content creators should be reminded of moving forward, and more. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I have a conversation with Rob Gregg. He's the founder of the shoe brand Rob McCallan, Forbes Under 30 Fellow, GQ Insider, American Express Ambassador, and a recently engaged man. He shares his transition from dating to engagement, his background story, how he met his fiance, his thoughts on dating before finding the one, some of the trials and tribulations of a long-distance relationship, almost proposing during COVID-19, and a really insightful tip for someone who is unsure whether they like someone or like the idea of someone. Hey, Rob. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this. This podcast series is actually talking about transitioning. And we go through a lot of transitions in life. And I wanted to cover, you know, some of the transitions that we go through and grow through. And you just recently got engaged. And I wanted to hear your story and ask you questions on how you transition from dating to your engagement. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. A good friend of mine recommended you, and I wanted to also get to know you better and your background. You have done a lot in your career, and I'll let you, you know, talk about who you are and what you do and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so I've got a pretty diverse background, um, worked on pretty much all side of brand and entertainment from working at top global talent agencies to managing pop artists and transition over to a record label and all the while, I was um, learning from a lot of icons and experts and titans in industry, um, coming up with sort of my own playbook of how do you tell an authentic story, whether it be through a brand or an individual, um, a label, a music artist, an actor or an actress. And so through all that, I transitioned that into making footwear. Um, I found a problem and a niche for more comfortable men's shoes, and I ended up launching a business called Rob McCallan, um, a luxury Italian shoe business out of Italy. And from mm-hmm. there, I ran into a whole other challenge of in this world of e-commerce and influence and direct-to-consumer, how do I play in that space? So I ended up um, joining a MarTech platform as the first business development hire, um, working with hypergrowth startups in the direct-to-consumer space and ended up growing that business a little bit over 17,000% in four years, landing us on the Inc. 500 and Crane's Fast 50 fastest growing companies list, specifically focused on how do we acquire customers on a performance benchmark basis. Throughout that time, I ended up becoming a Forbes Under 30 fellow. I myself, um, big into fashion, became a GQ insider, lending my voice and storytelling to brands uh, in partnership with GQ, uh, and also became American Express ambassador. So telling my story through brand and all the while, um, effectively learning how to tell stories through brand. And when COVID hit, it opened up an interesting opportunity to tell a different story. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found from interviewing healthcare professionals and medical workers and COVID hit really close to home. My fiance's brother is actually hospitalized on a ventilator. So I dove into it and figured out how can I play my part and what's the story I can tell in this space. And I found out that there's no one making PPE footwear. So I transitioned mm-hmm. all of my background and skill sets and knowledge into launching a new business called Gales, G-A-L-E-S, that's launching soon specifically to provide a better quality and care for the healthcare professionals and medical workers that are getting us through this difficult time. I like that your approach on going about these new businesses has been through the aspect of storytelling. I like that that's the mindset that you have. So just hearing your background, I'm sure other people listening and and hearing your story come together, you have done a lot of things in different industries and you've shifted gears a lot. And so what was going through your mind when you were jumping from different industries and trying these different things at that time? Yeah. So, um, and this kind of feeds into this little exercise that I did, but what I found, and this wasn't my intention, I never set out to um, get into these different industries, but I just found that there's something inside me that's um, what propels me, excites me, it's where my skill sets and passions lie. Um, and again, that goes back to storytelling, but specifically, how can we simplify a concept, an idea, an image, and break through the noise in a cluttered industry? And what I found is that very separate industries share a lot in common. Um, so I would learn from how you grow a pop artist from obscurity to superstardom. And there's actually a lot that can be taken from that and applied to a luxury Italian shoe business. If we have time in another podcast, I'm more than happy to jump into details on that. But just like businesses, what I found is that people as well share a lot in common. So uh, the word influencer, I know that it's taken on a lot of shapes and forms, Um, sometimes it's misunderstood, sometimes it's misused. What does influence mean to you? Specifically, it's having an ability to tap into someone's heart, mind, spirit, body, soul, um, whatever your shape or form of energy is, and being able to unlock something or to be able to influence and change their mindset. So what I mean specifically by that? So as I think I mentioned, I used to sit down for coffee. So I did an exercise in 2018. And every morning from 8 to 10, I sat at the same coffee shop called Best Friend, ironically. And I sat and talked and listened to anybody who wanted my time. And they were very, very different types of people. It was anyone from a kid in high school who's debating, does he go to his dad's alma mater or does he launch a sneaker business? And is there a world in which those both coexist versus a 50 plus year old CEO? And she's extremely successful with her business, has a passion for it, but she also wants to be a mom and spend more time with her kids and was struggling with these challenges of which path to take. And what I found from working in a lot of different industries and sitting with very different types of people is that we're a lot more alike than we think. And I've actually almost found uh, a superpower, not to overstate it, but Mm -hmm. when you sit with people in much different worlds and you dive into industries that are far left to center from where you ever thought you'd be. That's where I found the greatest learnings is, okay, someone's doing this really well over here 
or this person's got a really way of thinking about it that, you know what, I just met with uh, a young individual the other day that maybe they could actually benefit from that advice, even though you're in completely different sections of the world, but this can actually translate. So what being an influencer means to me is how can you take these cross-cultural and cross-industry and cross-people learnings, find the best bits about it, and give those nuggets of advice to individuals to apply to their own lives, to match where their passions and skill sets align to live a meaningful life. I like that approach a lot. I think that's definitely something even, you know, if for influencers now to hear that it's not just about the glamorous and luxurious lifestyle that people flaunt. We're moving towards, especially now in social media, about being more real and being more transparent and open as we should have been all along. But, you know, social media is a highlight reel and we see the best parts of people's lives. So I think that is very important. I like that you use the aspect of storytelling and that's a big part of who you are um, to tackle these different stepping stones in your life. And you mentioned that people are a lot similar and more alike than we think. And just kind of wanted to shift into dating a little bit because that is very similar to dating. Yeah, 100%. So now just moving into where we are now and you just recently got engaged. Congratulations again. Thank you. So your fiance's name is Alicia. Yes. And so before her, did you... I just want to get to know your background. Did you date around? Like, did you have a type before her? Yeah. So I was kind of a, a little bit of a nerd and a little bit of a, a weird kid growing up. I never really thought of dating in the traditional sense. Um, dating mm-hmm. for me was always thinking long term. So if you're going to invest time in anything, whether and maybe it's the entrepreneur in me, is if you're going to do something, do it all the way. So even when I was in high school, I, I didn't even go on a date pretty much close to college, first girlfriend until college and first kiss after 18 and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, the way that I thought about it was if I'm going to spend time with this person, it should have a purpose and it should have a meaning. So my approach to dating was get to know somebody, see if they mesh and go down that path as long as it feels right. Um, I never really had the mentality of just date around because it fills a void and filled space and time and even the way that I would date, I'd go for coffee. So I just wanted to get to know somebody and see if they excite my brain and excite my mind. And um, Mm -hmm. anybody that says that attraction isn't important, I don't know that I totally believe that. That being said, attraction can take a lot of forms. It doesn't always need to be physical. It can be mental as well. Um, Through sitting down for coffee, I got to know a person really well. And I'd usually do it after work. So it's early enough in the night that if the conversation's going well, we can go grab drinks or go do something fun. But it also gives both of us permission that if it doesn't feel like it's connecting or vibing, there's no harm, no foul, and we can part ways. So uh, before Alicia, I took a bit of time to myself. Um, was still going out with dates and exploring opportunities with people, but nothing really quite stuck. I didn't have this aha moment. Um, there's a great book by Malcolm Gladwell called Blink, and it talks mm-hmm. about what gut feeling is and how to justify that. But this funny thing happened when Elise and I first connected. I just I felt this spark and I felt this thing in my gut that just it felt different. 
And I was really interested to explore that with her. So how did you two meet? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we, we had originally connected on a dating app and I say connected, we never talked. Um, we saw who each other were and it was plugged into Instagram. So I guess um, we followed each other and I, I don't know that I was even really aware of that. Um, but I used to read and I'm getting back into it now, a book every Sunday. So one Sunday I was at Barnes and Noble and I posted a photo on my story, the new books that I picked up. And here comes this message from hearts uh, for thumbs up. It's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And so we started talking about books and the conversation dropped a little bit. And the next weekend I was reading again and I was posting some snippets from the book and here she comes again. Uh, so this had gone on for a couple of weekends and eventually I go, okay, there's something about her and I just, I want to take a risk. I want to take a chance and get to know her. And she was living in the UK at the time. So I just said, well, how would you feel about if I fly you out for dinner in New York for a first date? That sounds pretty good. So said, okay, well, tell you what, I'll get you your own hotel. You can have your own space, but I'd love to meet you. So yeah. she ended up flying out here. We spent the evenings apart and we had honestly the most magical, amazing, perfect four day day date that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, and at the end of it, uh, I, I said, well, do you have plans next weekend? And she said, no. And I said, well, how does coming back to New York sound? She said, that sounds pretty good on one condition. I want to plan this one. So she was so cute. She planned out a pizza tour of New York, found all the best pizza places. And it was just, I mean, unlike anything that I've ever experienced. Um, and we had pretty much barely even kissed at this point, but we just, we just knew. And so the next day, you just enjoy spending time together. Yeah. It was just something about her energy and she excited my mind and, uh, happened to be very attracted to her as well was a huge plus. But what ended up mm -hmm. happening is <laughs> just for kicks, we went to look at an apartment and we walked in and got this blink gut feeling. And um, we looked at a couple other spots, but we're like, you know, that last place kind of looked good. And we walked back in and call us crazy, but we signed a lease on the spot. And from there, what? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this Sweet. Is, yeah, so this is technically our second time being with each other. I mean, four days, the first uh, date, and then the second date, the second weekend, we signed a lease together. <laughs> and uh, she obviously, so she's, she's a successful actress in the UK. She's the lead in the Fast and Furious live action tour, performing for 200,000 people in the O2 arena. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very smart. Wow. Well, um, has her degrees and was working in private equity and investment banking. So she had some things to tie up in the UK. Uh, but as fate would have it, she was looking for a new place to move into. And we said, you know what, should we give this a shot? And yeah, so. I just got chills. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just got chills about you being like, let's just do it. Wow. Your story yeah. is like, woo, chilling. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I actually kind of have to give a little bit of credit to, um, there's, uh, I think his name's Mark Manson. He wrote and excuse the crudeness, but an article called fuck yes or fuck no. And it's mm -hmm. along the lines of 
when you're getting to know somebody or if you're going into, and this applies to business too, there should be no gray areas. Either you're fuck yes, you're 100% in or you're not. And if you're lukewarm about something, that to me is the indication it's a pass. But with her, it was fuck yes all the way. And we just said, Mm -hmm. you know, let's go for it. So she moved in and never left. I guess my thing is, okay, you can be on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. But how did you know that she was on the same page? Because I think that's where it gets tricky sometimes. Like one person can be all in and then another person can be like unsure. Yeah, I think that comes down to being really honest with reading the situation. So um, I probably have a little bit of an unfair advantage working in the entertainment industry, not to give the entertainment industry a bad name, but it's a lot, it's really difficult to get a straight, honest answer for a lot of reasons. Either some people don't want to hurt any feelings because it's a small industry and they don't want anything bad to come around, or um, they have this overpromise under deliver and maybe one of them sticks. So it's okay. Or they don't quite have that relationship or context. So I spent a lot of years figuring out how to read people and understand um, what's genuine or not. Now, uh, if you're listening to this going, okay, well, if you know how to read people and I don't, this doesn't really help me at all. So just uh, more simplistically, it's, it's being honest with how you feel. And probably one of the smartest things I ever heard was in terms of thinking about a relationship as an emotional currency. So the best way to think about it is you have a currency and the person that you're interested in has a currency. And together, you're going to build a shared bank. Well, if you find that you're putting more currency into this bank than they are, there's a good chance that Mm -hmm. maybe something is awry and vice versa. And this happens a lot as well. If you find that they're putting more currency into this bank than you are, you have to just be honest with yourself and ask yourself why. Why am I not putting as much into it? And you can break it down that simply of just look at it objectively and am I leaning in as much as they're leaning in? So with Alicia, I said, do you want to be crazy and move to New York? And she said, yeah. So we both put the same amount of currency into a crazy idea that happened to work out, but had it been any different, if she Mm -hmm. said, you know, I want to move to New York and I was hesitant on it, that would be a sign for me, even though I just had the most amazing four day day date of my life, that would have been a sign and a tell that maybe this isn't the right fit. And I think that a lot of times, and I've done this in the past and I've gotten older and wiser, Um, But a lot of times I would go, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but let's just try it because give them a chance. You never know. And that was kind of the mistake that I was making was I would compromise or I would be a little bit blinded to, well, I don't really like some of these things, but that's okay. Um, And you're never going to meet somebody that you see eye to eye on everything, but you should be okay and accept your differences. But if you find yourself going, we're different, but these things don't sit well with me, but that's okay because everything else is good. I think that that's when people get into the situation where they fall in love with the idea of a person. So what's interesting too is they say hindsight's twenty twenty, but if you think about after a breakup, you go through the emotional ups and downs but then you see it really clearly. A lot of times it comes out in anger or it comes in, aha, and this was a bad situation, or it was, 
you know, this was fine, but we just, we weren't connecting and we weren't meant to be together. But you see really clearly once you're outside of the situation. So I think that the more that you can reflect on your own experiences and just be honest with yourself and evaluate it, because it's really hard to do it in the moment. Um, and I would even, yeah. it's going to sound kind of weird, but I would even encourage getting into some bad relationships because I've learned a lot more through failure than success. But if someone may not feel like a, a total right fit and just explore it and really listen to what's working and what's not, because you're going to build a lot of data points and knowledge of what you liked and what you didn't. And the more that you can be honest with yourself and reflect on that, that's going to prepare you to meet somebody great that you can spend the rest of your life with. If that's what you want to do, it's find someone to spend the rest of your life with. And going to the point where you said there's not always going to be everything that lines up perfectly. Um, I want to talk about the fact that Alicia is a British citizen and mm -hmm. you're from the US, meaning like there is distance there. Um, after the second date, like she went home. Yeah. Assuming. And did that like hit you in some different way after yeah. realizing that she is long distance? The thing with that is, and obviously, yes, and that's probably why we ended up moving in together so quickly. I don't think that if we both lived in New York, um, we would have done that. And, uh, you know, honestly, I think that if it took any other shape or form, we were meant to be together. So we would have found a way. We may not have moved in together right away, but with distance, my thought on it is just because someone lives in another part of the world doesn't mean that they're not the perfect person for you. And I think it'd be crazy if they say opposites attract. Well, most times we're only looking at people within our bubble and our circles. And by definition, you're going to find a lot of similarities. So I actually really like the fact that she is so different to me. We have a lot of differences, but I think that she helps make me a stronger, better person um, and vice versa. And so the fact that she's from a different culture, it's interesting. She has different ways of thinking. We can bounce ideas off each other and grow as opposed to if I found my exact replica and clone, there wouldn't be that much to discover about each other. So with distance, yes, it was difficult, mm -hmm. tricky, but it just, it reaffirmed because, and this is going to sound really crazy, but we moved in together before we even shared a night together. Um, and so, wow. so it was just, it was yeah. such a strong mental connection that, you know, without even having a physical part of the relationship, we just knew. Mm -hmm. So physicality becomes a challenge with distance because you can't physically be there. And obviously it's an important mm -hmm. part of the relationship, but even without that, I just, I knew and I connected and we had a way to communicate, but yeah, we decided if we're really going to give this a shot, we'll give this a shot and let's be in the same city together. Cause I, I don't know that, um, if we had spent that much time apart, it would be as easy and seamless and it may have taken a lot longer for us to finally come together. Wow, th this is just chilling because I just I'm trying to like wrap my head around like how you were thinking in these moments, and it's just you're just like you you just knew, and I'm like, wow, that's um that really is something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now 
you guys found an apartment together and um, here comes the next question with proposing because I know that's also on your mind. Yep. Um, how did that happen? Sure. So there's a couple of sequence of events. The first of which mm-hmm. was uh, our California trip. So for the first time in my family's history, um, we had my at the time girlfriend's family come out for Christmas. And Christmas to us is like our big family holiday. Anybody that knows us, we're the Christmas family. We have tons of lights on the house and <laughs> have a lot of people over. And so it was a big deal for her parents to come out. And I already knew because, and my mom said, don't ever bring anybody home unless you plan to marry them. Um, so I took that to extreme of here's the point. And it's funny because both my mom and her mom were going, is he going to propose? Is this the time? Is this what's going to happen? And they're going, just do it. Just propose. I'm like, Guys, hang on. <laughs> but I wanted to do it the right way. So um, we went out to the uh, Stanford Shopping Center in California, in Palo Alto. And um, I was with her dad, uh, her mom, and her. And I was trying to find a moment to just break away and just talk with her dad privately. And finally, we got our shot. So I said, John, I would formally like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. And before he could answer, her mom came out. So I said, okay, this is even better. I'll ask both the parents. And I said the same thing. And before they could answer, then Alicia came out and gone, man, this is terrible timing. So we walked around the corner and this question's been unanswered. And I'm kind of going, ah. And so the, the gals walk in first and John opens the door and he just puts his hand out and gives me a handshake. And he goes, you know what this means, right? Going, I think so. <laughs> so I shook my hand and that was yes. So um, I got approval around Christmas. And then because she's not a U.S. citizen, we wanted to bring her here the right way. So uh, she, as an actress, applied for her O-1 visa as an alien of extraordinary ability, which came with its whole trials and tribulations. But we said, you know, we want to get you here to be here. And that way, when we get married, we can do it the right way. So um, that came with its own trials and tribulations. And I mean, this would be maybe two podcasts worth of story that went into that. But we ended up first getting denied at about 1130 at night on New Year's Eve. So this is 30 minutes before... New Year's. We're going, wow, what a way to end the year with a denial of the visa and her ESTA was expiring and it was just like the walls are crumbling down. And so I slipped a little bit and I just said, okay, just to give you some assurance, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I asked your dad for permission to marry you over Christmas. So worst case, we'll, we'll figure it out. So that puts well, okay. in the situation, um, but we reapplied and got approved And we took a trip out to Iceland, which was honestly the most magical experience I've ever, ever, ever had. I think we were there for 10 days, if I'm counting right, seven to 10 days. But we got out there to go to the embassy and they delayed it. And they said, can you come back? I'm like, no, we can't. We literally can't (laughs) come back to the U.S. without this. So it all worked out. We had the most amazing trip. And just this moment of this experience with her, I said, okay. We got the visa. She's here for good. Now is the time to get serious about this. So when we got back, um, I started looking up venues to propose and putting together a whole plan. And 
um, had a custom ring made for her. We had looked at rings and I got a sense of what she liked. And so I had this all made. So the plan was set uh, for the date 422 as a special meeting to her. But obviously, if you know where that falls in the calendar, that's right in the middle of the upsurge of COVID. So right. uh, everything fell apart. The hotel shut down. Uh, my plans for all this were shut down. And so I have the ring at the house and I'm sitting on it for almost three months and I have to keep moving in the house oh my God. See it, and I'm going, okay, well, maybe, um, cause we just had some like magical nights together in COVID and our folks are saying, if you guys are getting along this well in COVID, then you guys have nothing to worry about as a couple in life. Yeah. Um, and so we just, we had these moments and I go, man, I just, I want to reach under the sofa and the bag of it hidden it and bring it out. I said, no, I just, I have to wait. So um, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, which opened an opportunity for everything to go right. So what ended up happening, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to figure out, so I booked um, a room at Glenmare Mansion uh, just outside of the city, about an hour drive. And so uh, the plan was, um, it's all going to be a surprise. So you go, how do I get her clothes there? How do we get her makeup there? So over the course of a couple of months, I was sneaking into her medicine cabinet and taking photos of all her makeup and trying to find it online. And I was ordering it all and sending it to her friend's house. So she wouldn't know. So I basically duplicated her makeup bag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I had that as a backup. And then I was getting stuff dry clean because I was, I wasn't as subtle about this, but I was going, you know, what outfit do you feel really special in? Which one do you feel comfortable in? And so she um, picked out this dress and I got it dry cleaned. And I basically made this whole to-go bag with everything in it that she didn't know. And I uh, I had a long week. I was, uh, well, still am raising a little bit of funds for this new company. And it was just, she had a lot going on, making the most wonderful, special gift for my parents, um, his custom embroidered towels, which was a whole endeavor. So we had a long week and it was the perfect excuse to sneak in. Oh, you know, we should just go do something outside of the city just to relax. Meanwhile, I had been planning all of this for months. Okay. She knows, right? At this point, kind of. We had no idea when it was coming. Because, wow. because, you know, with finances, with COVID and things shutting down and timing of everything. And she was even telling her one of her friends, she's gone, it's not going to be for a while. She's telling her mom, it's not going to be for a while. Um, and wow. her were like, oh my gosh, I just want to tell her, but I can't. Because they were obviously in uh-huh. on because I had to coordinate with them a lot of the stuff. So she had no idea when we drove up and I told her we were just there for lunch. And we sat down and the whole hotel was in on it. So I had a couple of days before created the perfect story for bringing a tripod. We were playing baseball in the park around 4th of July. And she goes, we should get more photos together. And I said, you know what? I'll bring out the tripod next time we go. So I have the tripod mm-hmm. with me and she's looking at me like, put the tripod away. That's embarrassing. I'm, nope. <laughs> there. So we walked around to the back by the lake. I set it up saying we were taking a photo, but put it on record and ended up surprising her and proposing on the spot. And um, so I have that all on tape. And then afterwards, I surprised her that we were staying at the hotel. And I had worked with the chef to come up with a whole private menu. And I created these custom drinks for her and had the whole room set up. And so in that case, we got really lucky because everything that could go right 
did go right. And we had the most amazing engagement. And perfectly after that, we flew out to California for my dad's 70th and mom's 67th. So we got to be with family. And this is all recent. This is all within a couple of weeks. So now we're on to the next step, right. planning the wedding. Wow, Rob. First of all, incredible work on your end for planning that for months, keeping it a secret, coordinating with her friends, family. Like that's that's very sweet. Yeah. It was stressful too oh. because um, she got off Instagram for a while. So I would just give her my phone to poke around and notifications would be coming up all the time. I'm like, oh my God, no, quick hide it, don't let her see. But somehow <laughs> we made it through everything without her finding out. <laughs> oh. Good. I bet you are so relieved now. You're like, finally, everything's out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't have to hide the go bag. I don't have to hide the makeup. I don't have to hide the ring. I don't have to hide the notifications. You can have my phone. I don't care. <laughs> so it's yeah. Big, yeah. Big stress relief. And oh my gosh, is the hotel going to stay open or close again? And it's incredible to hear how two people are just so like on the same page and in such short period of time. I think that's what's most baffling to me because I know people who have been dating for like 12 years and are still not married because I mean, there's different reasons, obviously, but it's just to see something in such a short time frame, like that's rare. That is incredibly rare. And I'm so happy that you two have found each other and just clicked and made it work. That's incredible. These kind of stories do not come often. Or meeting people who have these sort of experiences does not happen often. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that. I'm very, very lucky. And I think one thing too that sped up the curve is just, we have had some really deep and honest conversations with each other and just understood who each other were. And I feel like when you first get to know somebody that can be intimidating, maybe it's the, the British in her that she's very direct, but very strong and mindful and thoughtful. But um, I feel like with her, because we had the courage and confidence to open up to each other, we got to know each other so much faster and so much stronger that we eliminated any doubt. So at that point, it's we know the best bits and the worst bits about each other, and we love both of them in each other. So yeah. there's really no reason why we wouldn't get married. Yeah. So you're saying that if a guy wants to fly me out to London, I should say yes. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Make sure you, yeah, but yeah, if you feel comfortable and safe for this, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bold move. That is very bold of you to do that. Yeah. Well, well to be honest, I didn't even know if she was going to come out. I mean, she said yeah, yeah. But, but I didn't know. But I got her her own hotel room and I told her, listen, if we meet and just it's not a fit, then enjoy your trip in New York. It's all covered. Um, but Hopefully it doesn't go that way. Yeah. So there was like no pressure from the beginning, which is right. obviously I'm staying at my place yeah, and she could do her own thing and she loved New York. So it's like, you know, don't have much to risk on this. We'll see each other in the daytime and public space and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and then we can go from there. Yeah. With everything out revealed out in the open, mm -hmm. do you have a wedding date planned? Um, we're thinking maybe September of next year. We don't know what's okay. happening with COVID and everything like that. And 
Um, you know, we've got a little bit of time to, so I'm focused full time on building this new business scales and that takes a lot mm -hmm. of time and energy and she's got a lot brewing in the pot as well. So plus it just, it gives us time. We can plan it. We have to now mm -hmm. figure out if we get married inside the U S or outside the U S how that affects, um, her green card. So there's a lot that we have to look into, but there's a lot that we get to look into looking at venues and. Um, yeah, we're just starting that journey now. Wow. And I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. I mean, we'll see what happens with COVID, but you obviously have the time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so there's no rush there. And I want to end uh, the podcast on this note. I think I want to circle back to what we talked about liking someone or liking the idea of someone. Yeah. And I kind of want to expand more on that because I think that's something that this like not just for me but other people would love to you know hear your thoughts on this certain thing especially given everything that you've gone through and um your background yeah so i think that the distinction between and how do you find out if you like the idea of someone or if you like someone so i guess you could relate it to food when you're really hungry that if you have the basic orange, it's going to taste like the most amazing, incredible orange on the planet. But if you're full, you're going to refine your palate and be a little bit more selective. So when it comes to dating, I think the first step is you need to be full. And that fullness is not with another person. It's being full within yourself. Um, and I think that there's a misconception. People say that you need to be 100% uh, happy by yourself. I don't agree with that. I think that we're meant to, as humans and animals, we're meant to find our mate and that mate should be the other half to you. So my stance on it is instead of trying to be this whole person, try to be your whole half because you're going to find someone else who's their whole half. And when those two come together, that's when you form a matrimony and a bond and a lifetime together. So I think the first piece is you just need to be happy with yourself. You need to be happy with the bits that are for you. There's parts that you share with each other that can only be filled by another person, but there's parts that you can fill. And this is so interesting because I don't really see people do this anymore, but can you just sit and be with your thoughts for even just 10 minutes, even 10 minutes? I find people have a hard time with that, but can you just sit and be happy with yourself, be excited, be inspired. Because if you can figure out that component to yourself, then when you meet somebody, you're not trying to find traits in them that fill the voids that you don't have. You're not trying to find someone that fills mm -hmm. the inspiration that you were looking for. You're not trying to find someone that makes you feel good if you don't feel good yourself. So it starts by mm -hmm. working on yourself. Don't ever go grocery shopping hungry. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> when you meet somebody, you can take it from a much more objective perspective because you can see, okay, I'm a whole part of my half and I feel good. And I can see that they're a whole part of their half and we both have the same amount of energy to give, but you fall in love with the idea of a person. If there's parts of you that only you should be the one that fulfills and this other person fills it. It makes it hard mm -hmm. to see them for who they are. If you're starving and they're giving you food, it makes it really hard to not see them as a good fit. But 
once you start to go down that path, it makes it really hard for you to pull away from that person because that is the person that provided you food and got you full again. Um, and there's this fear that comes up of, am I going to find someone that can do that for me again? So I think you need to separate what are things that only someone else can give me and what are things that I should be giving myself. And if you can take care of those basic mm-hmm. needs for yourself, then when you meet somebody, um, yes, they can provide you food, but you can provide that food for yourself. So that's not something that's going to keep you stuck to them or create blind spots to some other attributes that you don't like. Um, and then also another piece to it is diversify. It's just like what I learned from uh, working in a lot of different industries There's a lot of similarities in very different parts of the world. And I think that some of the best innovators and entrepreneurs, they're not creating something entirely from scratch. They're finding another industry that's done this really well and they're applying it to their own lane. So in terms of dating, I think you asked me this question early on of, did I have a type? My answer is no. Um, Mm -hmm. If my background, all different shapes, sizes, backgrounds, knowledges, you name it. Um, But by having coffees with so many different people and so many different walks of life, I found the common traits that I really admired in the person. And I found the common traits that I was attracted to in a person. And I found my notes. I found these are things that will never sit well with me. So then when I met Alicia um, and it's intangible, it's not like I kept a list and I go, this person needs to check all these boxes, but it's just the way that I felt, I wanted to put in as much energy, emotional currency as she wanted to put in to that shared emotional currency bank. So when that moment happened, it's just from the moment I met her, even through to today, I still feel that it's just so strongly that she's a whole person. I'm a whole person and us together are a whole couple. I like that. You're right. I think we assume that we have to find our perfect person. And I don't think there is like someone who checks off all the boxes. There will always be differences, but it's like, if you can accept differences, like you said, and be open Mm -hmm. and be open-minded, I think that's a big thing. Like there isn't a right or wrong. It's just, it's personal preference, but it's like, I mean, it's also kind of the difference between being an entrepreneur versus working for a company. If you're the kind of person that likes to work for a company, um, it probably means that you want safety and security and familiarity. And that may mean that dating somebody, you want to find someone that has very similar tastes and interests and makes you feel comfortable and warm because that's just what you gravitate towards. If you're the entrepreneurial mindset of you like risks and you like challenges and you like people that challenge you, then just listen to that and apply to dating. Maybe don't date someone that's exactly like you. Find somebody that can challenge you and inspire you. But I think that if you're really honest with yourself of what inspires you and what motivates you and where your passions are, instead of just trying to find a person or base it off of things that frankly don't matter, like what somebody looks like, they're not going to look the same when they get older. Again, you have to be attracted, but it's I've never had a type. Uh, they need to look this way. It's they need to act this way. And they, I would love it if they thought this way and if they make me feel this way. Um, So it's, it's, you need to understand what kind of a person you are. And I think a good way to do that is just Mm -hmm. how you go about your, your work life and the way you go about your work life, which is 
half of your life, if not more, then there's probably going to be some mm-hmm. priorities you can glean from that to put into your dating life. But if this is what makes you happy and fulfilled in work, then this is what can make me happy and fulfilled in dating someone and vice versa. If you're an entrepreneur and you'd love the safety of a desk, or if you're a desk and you'd love the risk of an entrepreneur, then listen to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not in a position where you will ever want to take that risk and become an entrepreneur and you'd rather be at a desk, but you can take that risk with your partner in life. Find someone that mm-hmm. excites you and that motivates you because it's probably one of the best risks that you can take because there's no failure if it doesn't work out. You're not going to die. You're not going to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Nothing terrible is going to happen except for heartbreak, but that's that's the single best risk you can take. And it's the only risk that you can take that doesn't have negative consequences. If you risk in the stock market, you could lose it all. If you quit your job, you may be in a bad spot. If you move to another country, who knows? But with meeting somebody new and taking that risk, the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work and you part ways and you find someone else. So if you're a fan of Vegas, I'm not particularly, but if you look at the odd you should always play the odds and the house is always in favor. So why they always win, but the odds are so strong and so good in this case, because the amount you can gain versus the amount that you lose, it's astronomically mm-hmm. higher of what you can gain in finding your soulmate. So I would say that if I had to do it all over again, and I'm really happy that I don't, cause I'm really happy that I found my soulmate, my Alicia, Um, but yeah, if I was doing this over again, or if I'm a listener that is trying to figure this out for themselves, is just take that risk. Um, because if you're going to be spending the rest of your life with somebody, you never want to go through life wondering what if, and now is the perfect time while either you're in a relationship you're not sure of, or you're single, but take that risk now and take the biggest risk that you possibly can. Um, and that's what I did and I couldn't be happier. Thank you for that advice, Rob. Absolutely. So how can people find you? Yes. So I am on Instagram. It's Rob Greg official. That's R-O-B-G-R-E-G-G official. Uh, And if you need some footwear, the site is Mm -hmm. up, but the product is coming soon. It's wearegales.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. Just Rob Greg. I read all my messages. If um, you just mm-hmm. want to chat or want to reach out. Uh, I try to respond to, and I do respond to anybody that floats my way and I'd be happy to talk. Perfect. And I believe it is in your bio on Instagram. If anyone yeah, exactly. um, wants to reach you there. Exactly. Perfect. Well, Rob, your story is incredible. I'm so happy for you and Alicia. I can't wait to start seeing wedding photos. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hearing more about the wedding down the road, but Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series where I have a conversation with Melissa Fresco, a content creator and blogger of four years. She previously lived in Brooklyn with her boyfriend and rescue puppy, Yara, before moving to her new home in Manhattan last month. She shares how she started her blog, why she moved to New York City, and what prompted her to make the move. She shares more about the moving process in New York City, 
moving tips for a smooth transition, and more. Thanks for tuning in. 